0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of Radiate with Steve Schwartzman. Before we get to that conversation, this episode is brought to you by Earth Class Mail. Now, this is really cool. If you've ever thought about starting up your own small business from your home, but you don't want to use your home address, use Earth Class Mail, because it moves your snail mail to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7. It also integrates with the tools and services you use every day. You also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers, business partners, investors, anybody that you do business with. Now that I've checked out Earth Class Mail myself, I think it's brilliant for anybody who's starting their own business. Visit earthclassmail.com slash radiate and you'll get your first month of service free when you sign up. That's earthclassmail.com slash radiate.
1: What defines success? I'm not good with defeat. If I have a vision of something I'd like to do, I, I like to pursue it. What happens when you get knocked down? I've been rejected from things in my life. Uh, you know, it's just another, it's another moment. What makes some people radiate? Life is long, and as long as you are excellent, things work out for you. This is Radiate.
0: Hey guys, welcome to Radiate, the show where we interview some of the world's most successful people to find out how they work their way to the top. This week, we've got another very special guest, Steve Schwartzman, the founder and CEO of Blackstone, and one of the country's wealthiest people. He's a philanthropist, a Wall Street dealmaker, and owns a variety of companies through his private equity firm, including the Waldorf Astoria Hotels, theme parks like Legoland or Madame Tussaud's Wax Museum, and even Crocs. But Steve wasn't born into money. He had to work his way up from the streets of Philadelphia to get to where he is today. In this conversation, we talk about a decision that changed his life at an early age, how he handles rejection, and what you can do to impress him. Here you go. So, Steve, what are some of the elements of your life that made you so successful?
1: All these things are, you know, a complex series of factors. I mean, I was from a nuclear family,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: I had a father and a mother and, 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 you know, sort of grandparents. And they were pretty driven, uh, which was normal for post-World War II uh, families, for their children to have a better life uh, than they did. You know, that that drive is accentuated, I think, from, you know, being Jewish uh, in that generation. So there was a great desire on the parents' part for the children to be successful. Secondly, I I moved out of Philadelphia where you were raised. You went to Central, and I, I went to the suburbs because that's where my mother wanted to move us. And my dad didn't much want to move us because it was farther away from our store. But, but my mother wanted me in a better school district, mm-hmm. and, and so that was... So that
0: decision. Th-
1: that decision changed my life, because I went to uh, Huntington uh, Junior High School in Abington, at Abington High School. It was great education compared to what I would have gotten, and, and that was a, a real game-changer. Plus, they had great athletic fields, and I was an athlete, and that made it easy, and then I became head of the school and all those student leader things and 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 that really put me on a on a course that was was great and then I was lucky enough to go to Yale uh, which was one of the great
0: but you uh, got rejected from Harvard, right
1: uh, I got I was on the waiting list from Harvard uh, uh, and so ultimately I didn't get in there but uh, I did was
0: that, by the way, a moment that kind of changed you?
1: No, I mean I, I've been rejected from things in my <laughs> life. Uh, you know, it's just another, it's another moment uh, that was disappointing. But see, but,
0: but I, but I, I, I read this great anecdote that you, you know, that you had gotten this letter from Harvard saying, "Sorry, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're on the waiting list. You're on the waiting list," and you actually called the dean, yeah. and said, "Please let me in." Is that right?
1: Yes, that's right. I I thought that they had made an error. Uh, and uh, Or if they hadn't made an error, at least they weren't satisfying my objective. Uh, and, and but you see,
0: that's incredible. Most people wouldn't do that. Most people would look at that and accept that decision. So I, what is it that, that you decided, I'm going to tell this guy he made a mistake?
1: Well, I'm, I'm not good with defeat. Uh, and if I have a vision of something I'd like to do, I, I like to pursue it. Uh, and if you if you don't, you know, achieve that objective. Uh, you find another way, and I, I guess the Chinese would say uh, they know where they're going. They just don't know how they're going to get there. Uh, and and so you know, it's like something going down a stream, and, and there's a rock. Uh, the water goes on either side. Mm-hmm. You don't know which side you'll be going, but you know you will get down river, right? And and so I I tend to look at things uh, from a imagination point of view of how i would like something to work uh whether it's in the charitable area or whether it's our business or whether it's a vacation or whatever it is mm-hmm. how would i like this to be and then i like to so make you think it of the goal first. yeah I, I like to think of a you know so i, I call okay. it a worthy fantasy uh <laughs> and 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 then i like to pursue that to make it happen. So and if, if
0: something goes in your way?
1: You just find you a way around a it. Way around or, you know, it so, so, okay. so so I've also found in my life it's, it's harder to have those great visions uh, or great fantasies than the actual achievement of that. Hmm. Uh, in other words, um, you have to always stake out really important goals because you only have so many shots on goal, right? Because if you're doing one thing, you can't be doing another. It's very hard to do two things simultaneously um yes major initiatives so yeah so in that point in my life and and i wanted to go to harvard that was defined as a good goal and and you know i was uh, i was on the waiting list so it was quite natural for me to want to call them and you know try and figure out how could i
0: what was the response by the dean
1: he was terrific uh he said thank you for the call he said i don't normally talk with uh applicants and um I'm sorry to tell you that no one will be getting in off of the waiting list, because it's not about you. Uh, it's it's just we've had so many acceptances that we won't be taking anyone, and he asked me where else I was accepted and what my plans were, and I told him, to him I was planning on going to Yale. He said, that's an excellent decision. I'm sure you'll be very happy there, uh, which I was uh and, that was, and that, uh, was that. that was that was that that was
0: that i'm sure he's regretting that decision now <laughs> yeah he
1: was funny he was funny he he did send me a note later in life saying i, I think i think we made a mistake <laughs> uh, but he said i've got a tough job uh you okay. know there's it's hard to know with with uh, 17 and 18 year olds uh, how well, things will work out
0: and, and i'm kind of curious uh, on the other end now when you see you know young guns coming up in you know and on wall street and in finance and and you see these students at you know going through the public school system do you ever th- know who who is going to shine who is going to be the star
1: that that's part of what we do That that's part of being in a position you know that that i'm in um and I, I, I interview people all the time. Usually, now at the beginning of the firm, I interviewed anybody, right, uh, you know, that we had. There was no <laughs> one else to do it. Uh, as, as the firms gotten <laughs> larger, you, usually people are screened before uh, they get to me. But I, I, I really enjoy uh, meeting people in that kind of setting, and.
0: What, what uh, questions would you ask people just to, to well, know to well, kind of cut through?
1: Well, there's there's a, there's a reason I'm not in your business, Betty, because I'm pretty undisciplined. I have no idea what I'm going to ask somebody before they come in a room. I, I look at them. I try and sense, you know, uh, something about them. Usually, there's a CV. If I if I read that, uh, sometimes there's an odd thing on that that. I'll ask them about, or if I've just finished a very interesting phone call uh, before that, and I'm thinking about what's going on, and it's an interesting problem or mm-hmm. issue. I'll, I'll just throw it right on the table, ask them what they think about that, since I'm still thinking about it, and see how their mind works. And what, what I'm trying to do is figure out, you know, how, how how smart somebody is, how analytic they are, how intuitive they are. Uh, how they'll be under pressure, how articulate they are, how stable they are, mm. uh, because in our world there, there's always pressure of some type or another, some big problem that that you know is turning into a quasi mess, and and you have to deal with it. And how will that person deal with stress? And so usually I, I find it pretty easy to talk to people about. Themselves, they like talking about themselves, as you know, because you are doing yeah. that right now, uh, <laughs> and, and 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 usually people give themselves away with their eyes, uh, and I am always very focused on their eyes and and whether they seem to be comfortable in a setting, how fast are they processing things, uh, are they interesting, would I like to see this person a second time, and do they have a gift? Uh, or not and and so it's 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 a bit of a adventure and and so i i enjoy that adventure of trying to figure somebody out and you know we we, we've got a pretty good record uh of of doing that hiring great talent Uh, yeah uh, you know identifying i think uh, you're absolutely
0: right though about the eyes i think the Mm. eyes give away a lot Yes. On, on, on on what people are thinking in their in their mind.
1: as they say, what do they say? Eyes are, eyes are the window on the soul. right. Uh, and you know, they give away a lot. And I was at um, Harvard um, at the business school with a, basically a, a group of uh, women who were, they one of the questions they asked me uh, women uh, uh, first year uh, uh, MBA students about interviews. What should I do in an interview? I mean, do you have any advice? And I said, sure. I, I said, you should just be yourself. Imagine you're meeting somebody who actually just wants to know who you are. Mm-hmm. All you want to do is tell them who you are. There should be no inhibition to doing this. You know, you you have the same goal. They're trying to figure you out. You're trying to present yourself. Don't, don't be nervous and, and, and just be easy and and but most people and are open. nervous, right? Yeah, but it's they shouldn't hard. be because you both have the same objective. Right. And nobody wants to hire the wrong person. You don't want to end up in the wrong place. So I said this isn't an adversarial proceeding uh, in terms of interviewing someone. It's 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 a good thing uh, for everybody, and you should just relax and you know enjoy that experience.
0: When we return, Steve on how he finds the time to give away his money. How does he make the biggest impact with his billions? But first, this. This episode of Radiate is brought to you by Pipedrive. If you're an entrepreneur, you know that selling can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. Pipedrive is the CRM for small teams with big, big ambitions. They take the pain and frustration out of tracking deals with things like email and spreadsheets. Salespeople and entrepreneurs, they love Pipedrive because it visualizes your sales pipeline. They highlight opportunities and they also highlight potential problems, ensuring that important activities and conversations don't get dropped. Sales managers love it because they don't need to navigate their teams to use their CRM. PipeDrive is easy to use and simple to get started. You can be up and running in just minutes. And if you need extra help, PipeDrive also has some great tutorials and they have an incredibly supportive customer service team. Some other cool things about Pipedrive include forecasting, iOS and Android mobile apps, some great integrations with the likes of Google Apps, MailChimp, Zapier, Yesware, and so many more. They've also got a powerful API for those that like to build their own software solutions. So head over to pipedrive.com radiate to start your 30-day free trial today. This episode is also brought to you by Stamps.com. These days you can get practically everything on demand like this podcast listen whenever you want when it's convenient for you So why are you still going to the post office and dealing with their limited hours when you can get postage on demand with stamps.com? Anything you can do at the post office you can do right now from your computer with stamps.com You can buy and print official u.s. postage stamps using your own computer and printer You can print postage for any letter or package and then you just hand it to your mail carrier Unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes, right? So you can get postage whenever you need it, 24-7. Right now, sign up for Stamps.com and use the promo code RADIATE for the special offer. Four-week trial plus $110 bonus offer, including postage and a digital scale. You can weigh all your packages. So don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Well, you want to finish this podcast first. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in radiate. That's stamps.com. Enter radiate. So, Steve, you've donated money to the New York Public Library, created the Schwarzman Wing. You donated money to New York City kids to ensure they get a top education. You've given back to your high school and to Yale. I mean, charity seems to be an important part of what you do. So why is that? Why do you give?
1: Well, I I do other things too, uh, (laughs) Betty, It's uh, uh, besides those large things. And uh, I I, I do this for a number of different reasons. Uh, The first is that's what people in my family did. Uh, my grandfather, you know, always gave a lot of money to different causes, and so I, I saw that as a child. And and he was sort of the dominant uh, person mm-hmm. uh, in the family, and and so it's 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 sort of a family type thing. It's what you do when you you become successful enough to be able to do those things.
0: And your dad owned a grocery chain, is that right?
1: No, we had a store that was sort of like Bed Bath & Beyond, Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of uh, store, and my grandfather owned it, and then my dad and my grandfather owned it, and they asked me if I wanted to join them, and the answer was no. Uh, (laughs) I I, I didn't want to be doing that. Uh, And so I went into finance, uh, ironically, as did uh, my brother's. Uh, because we all decided we didn't enjoy folding towels as much. But in, in terms of, of giving, I, 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 I like to do things that are large and uh, unique. I, I, I like making change, impacting people. And to do that takes time. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing I don't have a lot of is time. I have a full-time job uh, at Blackstone. So the number of things that you can do charitably that require reinvention of something uh, to impact people, and I, I like to do things in the educational area. Uh, I like changing people's lives. Mm. Uh, I like giving people a better shot. Uh, I like uh, positively impacting uh, the world. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very uh, fortunate uh, that, that Blackstone's done uh Exceptionally well. We have great people, and we're in we're in wonderful uh, sort of strategic positioning. We're growing rapidly. and We have been, right, and and so but it gives you the resources to be able to do as part this, of that. Right? You end up creating more and more resources if if your company is good, and it doesn't matter whether it's called Blackstone or whether it's called Apple or whether it's called Microsoft or Uber. It doesn't matter what it is mm. uh, called. You, you create more resources and, and I'm a significant owner of the business and and so I get a large dividend stream and and you know the question is after a certain point what do you do with this? Uh, uh and when did you
0: get to that point, Steve?
1: Oh geez, it it, it changes uh uh with with your life. Uh when you when you start with nothing and, and you have a little bit more, you're that much closer to that point. Uh and and you just scale up your ambition uh, mm-hmm. uh, to, to different points uh, in in your life, uh, but you know th- there's a practical nature that if you don't give it away and do something of interest, uh, you know somebody will give it away after you're not here anymore, mm-hmm. uh, and and so. Uh,
0: and does that scare you? In any way?
1: You mean not being here anymore?
0: Well, <laughs> this
1: is just, uh, yeah.
0: that might be one. Right, right. But the fact that someone else might have control over what you've built uh, and what you've pre- what you've I, accumulated. I,
1: I've actually come to terms with that because <laughs> I, I I literally can't spend the time to to. Give money away and create things. If I'm doing my Blackstone uh, activities, which I, I really love, and so so I won't have enough time to do that because you really have to scale up to to very large scale, and 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 so I I've I've come to the conclusion that you you, you practically can't uh, do that. Uh, so so I'd like to do a variety of things. Um, which uh, in the charitable world, and, mm-hmm. and and the interesting thing that happens, Betty, is that you don't know exactly what you want to do before you see changes in the world and what's needed. Uh, there are always certain things that are needed in the medical area. For example, um, you want to cure diseases or make medical care more accessible. Those are somewhat on ongoing, but but I, I like intercepting things that are that that have a need that perhaps wasn't there uh at an earlier point and so you know i'm, I'm interested in helping people and you know so I, I got involved with the inner city scholarship fund which is um, mm-hmm. uh for the parochial schools in new york city and and that, that's an amazing thing where you know, my wife and i are sponsoring about 300 kids i think something like that and th- these are this is a system where 70 percent of the 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 kids are are either at or below the poverty level, uh, and 90% are minorities. uh, And this is a skew that if they were in the public school system would have a graduation rate of 50 to 60%, something of that type. Uh, And and this system graduates 99% of the kids. It is an astonishing outcome. And so we like supporting that because... You can see
0: that difference. Yeah, I right? write notes. And it's immediate.
1: I, I write notes to the kids, so they what they, you they they they're very well run, uh, uh, not for profit and, and system. And they send report cards uh, to me, hmm. and so uh, I look at all the report cards, and you know, kids are doing well in certain subjects or not as well, or they've been absent more or something. Right. So, so I write them a personal note. Uh, on my stationery because I think that's a good thing for them to get Uh, and I comment on something in their report card so they know it's been read and that somebody cares about them and then when they graduate you know you meet them I mean I could meet them earlier there's only so so many things I can physically do but it's it's really neat and they you know they, they write you notes uh, during the year, thanking you for changing their lives, and they'd be in some but other. But you know how system. much that
0: means to have a personal note, handwritten by Steve Schwartzman, commenting on something that they have done. You know how much that means, though, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean that's why I do it because I, I want these these kids to understand that that not only is somebody paying for them, which they know, but that somebody cares about them, and that that's part of. Uh, the process of of uh, helping to make change, uh, you can do it on a really big systemic basis, mm-hmm. uh, or you can do it one by one. Uh, and you see the changes in these people. And you ask them, "What are you doing?" I'm going to be an accountant. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to college for this. i you know, and and they're going to be, you know, like good members of society. They're going to be paying taxes. They're going to have nice families. They're going to have. Uh, what we would call, a, you know, sort of a very good uh, middle income uh, type of uh, life, which if they didn't have those educational opportunities, they wouldn't necessarily have that outcome. They wouldn't same have that person, opportunity. Same person, same people. And and so, you know, I, I enjoy that. And, you know, there are many yeah. things that people can do and do do for other people. It's It's part of an American... Gestalt, which doesn't exist almost anywhere else in the world.
0: If one of these students were to ask you, Steve, you know, you're so successful, I want to learn so much from you, from your career. What's been your biggest challenge in your career? You know, how can I learn from you? Boy, your biggest challenge. There
1: are so many challenges, Betty. (laughs) First first thing is that when you go out on on your own, you you basically don't know nearly as much as what's going to be facing you uh, as, as you thought. Uh, the second thing is not everybody hopes you're going to be successful. Uh, in fact, a lot of people hope you'll fail. This may be a New York disease, but <laughs> but you know it's the Did human, you get that a lot. It's the human condition that you know um, not everybody likes somebody else to be wildly successful. Uh, and and so so that's something that's different. Do you uh, just
0: ignore it then? You just ignore that noise?
1: Well, you have to because you you can't you can't deal with that. you have to go through. you you also, find out. Most entrepreneurs, if you ask, I was just listening to John Doerr, uh, who's mm-hmm. the, uh, the senior partner at um, uh, Kleiner Perkins, uh, which is perhaps the best known or most successful venture firm. And, and he, said, he said, when we back uh, a company, well, what we find is that whatever their business plan is when they start, it will change. Mm-hmm. He said, it's really all about the people, uh, they have to be adaptable. They have to be flexible. They have to be able to change and 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 have enormous perseverance and and staying power along with flexibility. He said the business plan is something just at that one point in time seems like the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. He said it seldom is rolled out the way we approve it.
0: Well, businesses pivot almost all the time, yes. right? As so it's, did your business pivot early uh, on?
1: Yeah, well, we had the right strategic plan, mm-hmm. which was to go into the advisory business and then go into private equity. So that was the first part of the plan. The third part of the plan was was to start a series of uh, businesses we didn't know what they'd be, basically attacking Paradigm changing opportunities. Uh, so, if we were going into a dramatic se- uh, recession, for example, we ended up going into the financial restructuring business. After the recession crushed all in its path, mm. we ended up going to the real estate business because nobody was buying real estate, and and so we adapted to each of those. But but what we did with with each of those uh, programs is we had a great opportunity. We insisted on hiring somebody to run it who was a 10 on a scale of 10, mm. uh, and we only went into businesses that made our existing businesses stronger, created more intellectual capital, so the firm itself could be better and better. Right. And, and so we articulated that when we went into business, that that would be the strategy. But we had no idea where that would take us. Right. Like what that zero. would be
0: exactly. Right.
1: You couldn't know. You know so so you, you have to adapt. Uh, and you know so there there are so many lessons uh, we, we don't have enough time no, to go don't. over all the lessons the painful lessons learned <laughs> as, as as an entrepreneur well how
0: about before we go then Steve um, someone who wants to recreate let's say that there's someone now another Steve Schwartzman jr. who wants to recreate a Blackstone what would your advice be to him
1: or her well I just had one come in uh, a younger person uh, had gone to uh, Harvard super bright uh has started a financial uh, company in one area and and he's very successful and and people uh, uh, were starting to give him massive, offering him massive amounts of money hmm. to go into different types of businesses because he was successful at one. And the the advice I gave him was as tempting as it was to take huge amounts of money, don't do it. And the reason not to do it is I didn't felt this particular person really knew how to run those other businesses and make decisions that were informed because his skills were not particularly in that area. Even though those other uh, businesses looked like they were similar, they actually were different. And I could tell he was uncomfortable, which is why he came in to see me. Uh, And I, I told him there's nothing wrong with expanding, but you have to do it totally in your comfort zone. So you can take your basic business and either concentrate geographically doing something similar or taking one of the parts of that business that you're already in and making that much bigger. But don't go into something you actually don't know much about in the hopes that you're going to get really financially Successful and rewarded. I said, even though people are throwing money at you. Yes, even though people think you're like terrific and they're like, you know, here's like a half a billion dollars for this and a half a billion dollars for that. I said, when you get older, you'll know what you could truly handle. Hmm. And there'll always be money, maybe not at this scale, but if you do nothing but, you know, like a shoemaker, basically stick to your last and expand within that comfort zone and always be successful people will always reward you if you have outside success but don't stray to things you really don't intuitively understand so there are little i call it logic and tricks of the trade that sometimes people people you know sort of wander because they're seduced it's ego uh,
0: steve right
1: i don't know that it's ego i i think it's more I, I want to be uh, more important. I want to have a more important scale business. I want to be able to earn more money. I want to show I can do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to take advantage of of, of the gifts that I have. This i's clearly a gifted person, um, but but you know they they, they they don't understand how to get from one place to another without blowing themselves up, right? So so. You know, he he left very cheerful because I <laughs> even though I, you told him don't do it, I, I told him not to do something. And that, you think he's not going to do it? That intuitively, I don't think he wanted to do, but it was so financially compelling. He he he, he thought he maybe he should do it, uh, and he's going to be very successful anyhow. I mean, life is long, mm. uh, and as long as you are excellent, uh, things work out for you.
0: Next week on Radiate. Jay Margolis, a retail veteran who's loved and lived women's fashion, from Liz Claiborne to The Limited, to most recently, Cachet, what he's learned from running some of the biggest retail brands. Thanks for joining us. I'm Betty Lou. If you liked what you heard, please review us on iTunes and find me on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. See you next week on Radiate.